It is not easy to find childcare out there, is it? And for many parents, the challenge is even being worsened by non-refundable registration fees. So is it time to get rid of them? Like, how would we do that? We're going to talk about that this morning with Sharon Gregson. Sharon is the spokesperson for the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Simi. I feel like, Sharon, we've come a long way, haven't we? Like, 10 yes, years ago, yeah, I yeah. would be interviewing you just about getting government to pay for childcare, and we've made a lot of progress, but it feels like still some challenges out there. A lot of progress since 2018, it's true, and still a long way to go. And certainly the issue today of waiting list fees, non-refundable fees, when you're not guaranteed a space, that's one of the issues that government could be addressing. Okay, and so what is this? What's happening? So when you are ready to go back to work after parental leave and you start looking for childcare and you discover that there are long waiting lists and you're asked to pay sometimes hundreds of dollars to put your child's name on a waiting list when you're not even guaranteed that you're going to have a space. So you can end up spending a small fortune when you try to register on multiple waiting lists. And so that's what you have to do? How, like, how big are these fees? Well, um, it's not unusual to hear of 100 or $200, non-refundable, and certainly higher fees in the for-profit sector than in the public or non-profit sector. And do people have to shell out multiple times for this? Well, each organization maintains its own waiting list. And so for each organization, you could be asked to pay money to go onto their waiting list. So it becomes a revenue stream for those organizations, for those corporations. And what is the rationale for having these fees? Because there is a certain amount of administration work that can be required in maintaining a waiting list, making sure that it's up to date, that the person who is eligible is at the top of the list. But unfortunately, when you've got very few spaces and hundreds of people waiting for childcare, there isn't a lot of maintenance or administration to do because it's just such a long list. So how do we balance that then with that administration work that you talked about with also making it affordable for parents? Well, we need to have a a far more accessible, transparent system for families. So when you think about it, our K-12 system, when your child is turning five, You don't go around to every elementary school and pay a waiting list fee, hoping that you'll get a spot in kindergarten. So we need to start thinking about childcare, early childhood education, much more the same way we think about access to our K-12 system. So that means school districts potentially more involved in maintaining lists of who's going to need childcare at what time. We need to think about this being part of the operating expense of childcare programs and not an additional revenue stream, which means we need to have decent operating funding so that childcare providers don't need to do this or can't do it if they're trying to make extra profit. Right. Like we don't, we sh- they shouldn't be building that into their business plan. That's correct. Now, if people want to, if childcare providers want to operate outside of a, a publicly managed system, then they could, they could do that. But if they want to be providing service that's paid for with taxpayer dollars, then they shouldn't be having an additional revenue stream um, while they're doing that. So are you talking about having a more coordinated uh, system, something like, you know, a, a website where you can register and it would be for, say, for your community, your city, your neighborhood? 
Exactly. So centralized through an elementary school catchment area, perhaps, uh, and managed by the school district, perhaps, who already is prepared and and predicts how many children are going to need to go to kindergarten. So they would be able to do that a little bit earlier and more precisely. Of course, we can ask school districts to keep on doing more without a mandate and the funding to do that. But they do have the infrastructure to start managing a system like this. And let's remember, childcare is now firmly embedded in the Ministry of Education. It's even in their name, Education and Child Care. And what are you hearing from providers about them being able to get their money? I know this was an issue earlier in the year about uh, the government being slow to get that money out. Is that getting better? Well, the, it, the practice of charging waiting list fees that are non-refundable and you don't get a, a guaranteed space, this is not a new issue. Um, it, it raises its head every, every now and again as parents realize, wow, somebody's asking me $200, it's non-refundable. Um, 10 a day programs across the province are not allowed to charge waiting list fees. So it's already happening that that move is starting to, to take place where waiting list fees are not permitted. Um, so it's difficult for parents to navigate this system. For operators, um, it needs to be part of your, the, your enrollment system of how you manage applicants for your program. And that it doesn't make sense for it to be done organization by organization. It needs to be more coordinated. Okay. Do you see progress in making this happen? Like, are there incremental moves forward on this? Yes, absolutely. So the uh, 10 a day sites across the province and then now nearly 15,000 um, 10 a day pr- um, spaces across the province, those programs are not permitted to charge parents waiting list fees because they are publicly funded. And so that's, that's a much more fair way to, to make sure that it's equitable because, of course, if you're a wealthy family, you're much more able to pay all those waiting list fees than if you're not a wealthy family. So there's, there needs to be more equity in the system. Right. Okay. Still so much more work to do, though, Sharon, isn't it? There is a lot more work. There's work to make sure um, early childhood educators are fairly paid and we're suggesting a wage grid. There's work to do to make sure that government actually expands the number of spaces more quickly. And we have some capital suggestions for that. And of course, they have to make sure operators are well-funded to provide quality care. All right. Well, lots to talk to you about then in the future. Sharon, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Simi. Take good care. Bye-bye. You too. That's Sharon Gregson, spokesperson for the Coalition of Child Care Advocates of BC. Now, I do get emails from people on this, parents who are looking for child care, and they say, you know, these non-refundable fees are, are really challenging for them. I, I guess the temptation is you got to put yourself on every wait list, right? You don't know what possibility might open. And so then daycare providers are putting these fees in place because they have to manage these wait lists. But what is the balance there between them? If you've got a, a story about searching for childcare, would love to hear it, especially at this time of year, right? Or what is going on out there? What is it like to try to find good childcare for your child and your family? Let me know, simi at cknw.com.